0: Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone who's interested in growing sales. Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by the Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program. Are you looking to experience a breakthrough in your team's sales? Have you tried sales training in the past, but were unable to make it stick? The Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program is a year-long engagement that combines sales and leadership training, a digital sales playbook, and a coaching and accountability process that will change your sales culture and drive sustained growth learn more at criteriaforsuccess.com. Today's podcast is part of our CFS Talk Sales Series, where our team here at CFS shares sales ideas, techniques, tips, and insights for our listeners. This series is all about growth, improvement, and producing breakthrough results. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and today I'm talking to our Director of Marketing, Rebecca Toomey. Thanks so much for being here today. Hello! Everybody knows that voice. (laughs) Rebecca just published a new resource called The Ultimate Hiring Guide for Sales Managers. There's a very long subtitle that I'm not reading. (laughs) It is an incredibly robust resource that includes processes and templates for everything from, at the beginning, preparing your job description, to screening, through to onboarding candidates. So, incredibly robust hence the ultimate guide. Yeah, that's right. That's for right. everybody listening, be sure to grab a copy. You can find a link to it in the show notes for today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod one four one. All right, let's jump in. So, Rebecca, what inspired you to put together this resource? Well,
1: you know, we actually have a resource. It wasn't called the Ultimate Guide, but we had the CFS hiring process. And then we had some subsets of that original ebook download. And it, we had a job description one, we had an interview scorecard, Excel template. We had all these little things that were kind of scattered around. And I felt like as a sales manager, the most helpful thing is to have a process that's beginning to end, front to finish, (laughs) you know, complete. And so I was like, you know, we should really create a resource that is a comprehensive, complete guide where a sales manager could just download this thing, use all the information and create their own process from it or use different parts to fill in parts of the process Mm -hmm. that maybe they're not already doing. My other reason for wanting to do this resource is that our old resource is a little outdated. Just a and, <laughs> Yeah, it was a couple of years ago and things have changed a lot since then. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of companies are hiring remote employees, so their process is going to be a little bit different. Um, many people are hiring reps that focus specifically on inbound leads. That's mm-hmm. also something that's pretty new and fresh. So there's some new stuff in there too.
0: <laughs> nice. It's not just a retreat, And I have to say, The design is absolutely beautiful Um, and really nice. All the different resources in the past kind of looked different. And I know it's not the most important thing, but it's something you and I both really appreciate is when you've got something that that looks nice all put together.
1: That's the other thing. I don't know if our audience has noticed, but we, you know, changed our ebook themes the the design element of our ebooks about a year and a half maybe two
0: years ago yeah so we the old ones look so
1: old every oh, time we yeah. look at them we, we look at all of them we're like yeah we really need to re- redesign them yeah so we've been transitioning so this is a
0: redesign and recontent and also Refresh. new content definitely Refresh. Good stuff. Um, So starting kind of from the beginning, you open the ebook with uh, a lot of philosophy related to hiring. Um, What do you think are the key philosophies that you want the readers to discover? And I suppose our listeners to discover. (laughs) Sure. So there's one statement that I say
1: at the beginning and at the end, and it's hire slowly. We all are in a rush when we have a need as business owners and as sales managers to fill the roles that we're looking for as quickly as possible, especially when you have the budget for a new salesperson. You want to just get him in there. Mm-hmm. But the problem is if you don't take your time and really get to know the other person, you might end up doing yourself a
0: disservice on the other side. Yeah. And you're even doing that candidate a disservice. If you hire the wrong person, um you're going to discover it, they're going to discover it. And at some point they're going to leave. Absolutely. Um, and then they've lost time to be building their career at the place that's a better fit for them. Um, and instead they've got this place on their resume that they weren't a good fit for. So it's not really good for anybody. We um, we talk about that a lot at CFS. The full philosophy is hire slowly and if necessary, fire quickly. Yes. And a lot yes. of times we see that people do the exact opposite. They, f- <laughs> they hire really fast. You know, just, oh, this person is, has a pulse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Go for it. And then You get the sense this is not the right person and you know on like day one, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they sit on it for months and months and months. And again, you're doing that person a disservice and you're doing your company a huge disservice. If you know that somebody needs to go, you know. Yeah. and. You just need to. I hate to, but you need to pull the trigger. You need to, um, you need to, you know, um, let them move on to the the place that's a better fit for them sooner than later. And you're going to find that um, you're not harming your organization if you if you can do that. A lot of times we see this with clients. Um, we've had times where we meet with a client on day one of an engagement. We're doing a kickoff meeting, mm-hmm. and we'll ask them to talk about their sales team. And they'll say, you know, here are our top performers here. Are the, and then here are the people who really borderline uh, probably shouldn't be on the team. <laughs> a year later in the engagement, those people are still on the bubble. Mm-hmm. We're like, it, at no point during this year, were you ready to let them go? And again, it's not that I'm saying just hire everybody. But if somebody isn't going to be a fit, and you know it it's better to just let them go um, quickly. And Definitely. then when it comes to hiring, yeah, in, in the job market that we've got right now, where it is um, it is tight, uh, people have a lot of different offers that they might be getting, and it seems really competitive, it's super tempting to just rush on somebody and go sure. on to them. Yeah. But um, they can wait and you can wait. And if you can be deliberate and follow a process, you're much more likely to find a good
1: candidate. Definitely. You know, there's a system that we mentioned in the ebook and i'll go ahead and share it here because this is a cfs philosophy that there are three primary areas to focus on when you're hiring a salesperson and Mm -hmm. that's the first is talent so they have to have the you know excel in those skills required to be a salesperson and the second is experience so of course they need to have a background in selling and experience selling the types of products or services that your company is currently selling and then the third is chemistry now it's interesting the order of those because then in the bottom, I say that of the three, chemistry is the most important. So perhaps it should be number one on that list. But I know it's an acronym that Charles had put together. So yeah. we're going to leave it.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because Charles is a member of Vistage. And I believe Vistage actually used to be called tech. Ah, um, and it's really a okay. philosophy of Vistage okay. as so well. So it's a Vistage philosophy um, Yeah, too. so talent, experience, chemistry. But yeah, a lot of times people think, oh, I need to find somebody who has the perfect experience. Mm-hmm. And we've had clients do this. And I tell a lot of clients, Stories, but we had a client, and um, the person just checked all the boxes when it came to experience. They wanted to open a branch in Chicago, mm-hmm. and a competitor was kind of tailspinning. And there was an entire branch worth of people in Chicago that were ready to leave that competitor, and they were like, "Oh, well, they were doing the same job. They worked for a competitor. Let's just kind of absorb that branch mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. that up." And there was no chemistry match. They had a completely different culture. Wow. They were coming from a company yeah. that was tail spinning. They were yeah. there was a lot of negative vibes. Yeah, some top performers energy. had left soon, and some of the people left over were uh, the so people who weren't maybe, ready to leave. Maybe some Cs or Ds, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what they ended up having was a branch that they tried to develop, and eventually they had to just kind of shut it down and restart from zero. Oh, wow! Because even the new people that that leader had hired um, weren't right because she was hiring from the context of her last job. Mm -hmm. And so really thinking about um, chemistry, it's so incredibly important. Definitely. Definitely. And a lot of people ask,
1: you know, or are confused by that word chemistry, I think. And Mm -hmm. so I noted that, you know, some people refer to this as culture. Yeah. Because our personalities as individuals are going to shape where we are the environment that we're in, we all impact culture. Every single person impacts culture. Definitely. So, you know, it's important to really sit down as hiring manager, as a CEO, as a sales manager, and figure out what your company culture is like now. Mm -hmm. You know, what types of personalities do you have on the team and what type of personalities would be a good fit for the team?
0: Yeah. And it's not just copying the personalities that are already there, but instead it's about what could be Mm complementary. And you can use things like assessments as part of this. Uh, We like the DISC assessment. And that's not that you're going to do the assessment. And then hire somebody because they have a certain profile type. But it's one component that can help contribute.
1: Definitely. And it's helpful down the road anyway to do something like DISC or behavioral assessment because it allows you to learn about that person, what motivates them, what demotivates them, you know, really how they sell their style. Mm -hmm. Areas where you as their sales
0: manager can help bring them up, lift them up, elevate. So good all around <laughs> definitely so things like chemi- you know culture chemistry um is this somebody who is used to being micromanaged and does your culture not have the ability and or desire to be micromanaging mm-hmm. <laughs> um is this somebody who likes to work remotely and likes to be very kind of self-directed and is your culture um more everybody needs to come in the office and we do a lot of brainstorming um whatever it might be you have to think how are they going to fit are they going to add to the team? Are they going to be a new, interesting perspective? Or are they going to be so out of place um, and, and such a bad fit that they're really unable to, to be successful? Yep. We had one client, this was years ago, um, where the CEO would take all candidates for senior enough positions. Um, it was basically for all client-facing positions. She'd take them out to coffee lunch. And Mm -hmm. she'd say, if I can't sit and have coffee or lunch with this person, there's no way they can be on our team. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've had clients where um, instead of a group interview, they've done um, bring serious candidates to a team lunch Mm -hmm. and just see how they See how they fit in. Yeah, um, it's always a little fake, and we're not, you know, doing a final judgment of somebody on how they act there because they're on their best behavior. <laughs> sure, but it really does give you a sense of how they fit in with the group dynamics.
1: Sure, and you can do the whole waiter test too, since you're out
0: out in public, yes. right? <laughs> to
1: see how they treat the waiter
0: <laughs> or waitress. It's practically like dating.
1: <laughs> there you go. All
0: right, so um, <laughs> so you provide a lot of. Uh, speaking of dating. Uh, not sure how that, how this transition is <laughs> going to go. You provide a lot of different templates in the ebook. Can you talk a little bit about some of those templates and how they fit
1: into the process? Yes, definitely. Okay. So one of the big things that I wanted to do with this ebook was share things that you guys can actually take and use and implement right
0: away. I have to just interrupt. What on earth was that outside? It sounded like a dumpster just got thrown
1: Okay. like from a roof. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Had to interrupt. Was right. pretty loud. But you wanted
0: templates people could actually use. Yeah,
1: templates that people could use after reading this guide. Mm-hmm. And so I know that job posting is a really tough thing for people. So mm-hmm. what is included in this ebook is a template for job posting for a business development associate. Also, w- slash, I guess I should say, an inbound. Sales professional, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are looking for people to run demos and follow up on inbound leads. So that's the type of role that this is for. So if you are looking to hire a business development associate, and if you want that function of the inbound, it's got some language in there for that too. So I thought that would be helpful. So that is the first one. The second is that we do something really unique here at CFS, and that is that when a candidate comes in for their very first interview, uh, you like how I'm using my hands so much right now, as if anyone can see me, I'm going like really crazy with my hands. <laughs> well, I appreciate it if nobody else is sitting across the table from you. So we do something where when the candidate first comes in, they we have them sit down at the conference room table and we give them this candidate version job description. Now what it is, is an extended version of that job description that they saw online, the original posting, and it gives specific details from your company on the actual things that they will be doing mm-hmm. and it puts it in a format that allows them to really comprehensively look at the job and say, can I do this job? Are there elements of this job that I've never done before that I need to kind of highlight or are there elements of this job that I'm really good at and I, I have a great really success
0: highlight? story for? Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, I noted on it too, by the way, Elizabeth, that if if readers want to recommend that their candidates use it as a checklist as well. that's an idea because that was something when I actually was getting hired here and I used this exact same thing, I kind of used it as a checklist first to check off, oh yes, I can do this, 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 this.
0: And she got the job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, got the job. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. And one great um, little tip behind the candidate version of the job description that's not um, a benefit to the hiring process in one way, but it is, is so a candidate comes Mm -hmm. This happens all the time. It happens here. We see this happen at our clients. We know know we're not the only ones. And you're like, oh boy. (laughs) Uh, Oh, what was this candidate again? I looked at their resume two and a half weeks ago and haven't seen it since. Mm -hmm. I don't remember even uh, what job are they applying for. Yikes. If you've got the candidate version of the job description, put them in a conference room, give it to them. And again, like Rebecca said, there's space for them to respond to Mm -hmm. each section. That is time for you (laughs) to get your life together. (laughs) review their resume, yes, Re- you know, uh, were there notes from any screenings that might have happened in the past, a phone screen, other things like that. It is just about the perfect amount of time for you to prep to then roll in there and do yes. the interview. Yes. And so it's a little cheat from that perspective as
1: well. That's a really good point. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And there's two two other templates. There is an interview scorecard template, and we show you how you can use a scorecard during your interview. So this is a paper version of that. We actually do have a resource that's an Excel file where you can score within it. And Elizabeth is taking a note to add that to the show notes. So you can find that at criteriaforsuccess.com
0: slash pod 141, right? Absolutely. You're so good at show notes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's so incredibly important to have a scorecard for interviews because what we find happens, especially when you're hiring salespeople, salespeople sell. Oh, yeah, they'll sell you. They sell themselves. (laughs) And so um, it's really easy when you're hiring, uh, whether you're hiring salespeople or any other position, everybody's different, every personality is different, and you click with some people better than other people. Mm-hmm. And let's say you click with somebody and you end up kind of semi-chatting with them and you're still doing an interview. I'm not, you know, it's not inappropriate or anything like that, but you don't cover a lot of elements of the job the description. Job, yeah. And then you have another person and you're a little more buttoned down for that interview or there's a little bit less of the, the kind of vibe that you can easily get into chatting and you march down the list of everything in the job description and kind of evaluate them against it. If you're comparing those two candidates, you don't know enough about the first candidate as a second candidate. And so having a scorecard makes it so that you're comparing candidates on the same criteria every time. Mm -hmm. And then if you have different people who are involved in the interview process and they're all using the same scorecard, they're comparing the same thing. We have one client and they had been hiring for a sales operations position. And every time this the um, VP sales would have one opinion, and then the CEO and the CFO were, who were also interviewing, because it was a really important position, they would each have a completely different perspective. And all we were, had to introduce was the interview scorecard. And when they could agree on what should be in that scorecard mm-hmm. and they all used it, yep. suddenly they could have productive conversations of, oh this is why you're not liking these candidates. You have this idea that this is the most important thing in the job. And I wasn't even asking about that because I didn't think about it. You're right. Um, no wonder some of the candidates I thought were great really aren't. And so ha- just aligning within your team on the scorecard um, really helps with that kind of team
1: hiring approach. Definitely. And I also recommend you know, making a list, like you said, they can agree on the questions, but make a list of all the potential questions that you would want to ask. Mm-hmm. And then you can decide too, Where in the hiring process do those questions fall? Mm -hmm. Which ones belong on the phone screen? Some people are choosing to do video screens between if you're going to be having a salesperson give demos. Mm -hmm. You might also opt to save the video portion for after the first interview and have them give you a demo over video. Um, There's a lot of different ways to do it these days. But, you know, make sure that you have questions for each step of the interview in your process. And we give you some ideas on how you can structure your interviews in the ebook. So Mm -hmm.
0: check it out. (laughs) Definitely. And one of the best parts of having all of those questions defined in advance and scorecards for interviews is um, you're a busy sales manager, right? This is a process for sales managers hiring salespeople. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, like Rebecca said, you can apply this to other positions, but you're going to have to come up with new details and new questions let's say you don't want to be the one who's doing a phone screen and then a video screen and then an in-person interview, you could have somebody else on your team, even a more junior person, somebody in operations, or even somebody in, um, you know, an assistant that you trust, uh, somebody in marketing who could do those first round interviews. And if they have questions specifically to ask and they're taking notes on that, remember the, the most important thing is chemistry and culture fit. So if they're giving the right answers enough to those questions and the person who's doing the interview says, I like them enough, they seem like they fit enough to bring them in, that can make your job a lot easier because you don't have to do all these rounds of interviews. Yeah. Um, in big organizations, Definitely. obviously you've got, you've got people in HR who are getting involved, but in our smaller um, teams where the sales manager really owns the entire hiring responsibility, Mm -hmm. it can be incredibly exhausting. And that leads you to make those poor, fast decisions Mm -hmm. that we were talking about. You're like, oh, I went through three interviews. You can breathe fine. (laughs) Yep. Totally.
1: Totally. And that last template in there, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit later, but I want to mention it, is there is a ramp plan template. So after you go through this whole process and you've decided to hire this person, this template will help you get them onboarded.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll finish talking about hiring and then we'll talk about ramping because uh, we've, we've got some horror stories. <laughs> Remember the learned. jam? What's that? Jam on the laptop. Remember that? Oh my gosh. Oh, I forgot about
1: that. That's so funny. Didn't
0: I, did I write the ebook on onboarding? Yes.
1: You wrote the ebook on onboarding and we got stories from people to share about really terrible onboarding experiences. <laughs> and there was a story that we received from someone about how on their first day (laughs) people were not ready for them and there was jam on their laptop and like it just was all a mess. <laughs>
0: yeah, jam. I, I don't know why that stuck with me, but just the thought of like, for, like how was she sure it was jam? <laughs> like if I found a sticky substance on a laptop, I would. Yeah, maybe it was pretty
1: I like might obvious. Come back for that, day too. it was yeah, like smelled it like, like, like strawberries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah smelled really that good. Like in grape,
0: grapes in there, and I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we've been talking a lot about chemistry, um, and we have a specific exercise that we do to help determine chemistry. So there's a lot that you can do in terms of, you know, team coffee or team lunch or other discussions, but there's one thing we call the chemistry test. Yes. Uh, both you and I have actually participated in the chemistry test as part of the hiring process. That's right. Clearly, again, it worked because I've been here forever. <laughs> I've been here slightly shorter forever. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about that chemistry test and what sure. it's for, how it sure. works? Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: yes, thank you. Well, actually, thank you. Thank you for queuing that up,
1: ma'am. <laughs> uh, the chemistry test is actually something that I was a revision in this ebook because mm-hmm. I realized that in the first ebook, it is mentioned in between the first and second interview, implying that it should be done during the first interview. And we haven't been doing it that way. No. So I revised it in this new version. And so basically during your first interview, you know, you're getting to know someone, do they fit the role, everything like that. They're going to be, you know, probably just meeting with you as the sales manager during that first interview. When you get to your second interview, we like to do something that's called the chemistry test. So we pull everyone in the team So if you have a small company, you'll pull other people from your company in. Or if you have a a sales team, pull your sales team in. And the whole goal of this chemistry test is to test for culture. And just to make sure that this person is a cultural fit and that everyone else feels I don't know if the warm and fuzzies is the right way to describe it, but you know, that just feels good about this hire that they feel good. Like this is a person they want on their team. And so what we like to ask the candidates to do, as we say, we'd like you to do a little presentation for us. Don't freak out. And we go on our whiteboard and rewrite four topics on the whiteboard and they are.
0: Yeah. And I want to jump in here. Because- <laughs> they are not, <laughs> <laughs> not going to share those, but, um, one of the things that we see that is just silly and that does not help is when people give exercises that people are completely unprepared for and have no way to prepare for. So things like sell me this pen. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and people are, or give us a presentation on – um, the the coffee pot that you see. in there. And that's just silly. like mm-hmm. It doesn't give you an accurate representation of how they're going to sell something they know. Yes. And so these questions are designed to help them present something they know. I okay. just wanted to queue it up a little bit yes. before you give those topics. <laughs> yes. Thank you for <laughs> that.
1: That was very helpful. Yeah. So it is not to make it a stressful situation for them at all. Although I, w- I would definitely say that. So we do this for every hire, just so you guys know. This mm-hmm. isn't just for our salespeople. We do it for every single hire. And I've noticed that, of course, for salespeople, it's the easiest. For other roles, they actually sometimes have a hard time with this because yeah. they're not used to standing up in front of people.
0: Definitely. Um,
1: but the four topics are uh, what I... Let me start from the other direction. Core values. So we write on the board core values and we write a line what I do not like doing, what we'll do anyway. This mm-hmm. one is always interesting. 90% of the time people want to put
0: paperwork and then we say, okay, give us something else too. <laughs>
1: a lot of people say Excel. I yep. still remember what I wrote on there and it was dealing with technical issues like the printer. And the printer is still to this day, the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> too. <laughs> the third is a personal or and or professional win. And then the last is anything else that they want to share. So it's not
0: hard. It's not no. like the most challenging thing in the world, they're presenting about themselves. Yep. And you should hopefully come to an interview prepared to talk about yourself. Exactly. Um, And so it's, like I said, it's not that, uh, you know, completely outside the scope of their context where you're throwing them off completely. You're throwing them off a bit Mm -hmm. because they weren't necessarily prepared to do that. Um, But they should be able to come up to speed pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah,
1: definitely. And it's really interesting to see the interaction because that's, The whole point of this, too, is to see how people present. Yes. And as an audience member, I guess you could call it, you know, someone that's sitting observing, you know, the things that we're watching for and we're thinking about are how long are they taking in between? Are they acting very confused? Are they saying, um,
0: a lot and not really able to treat this as a true presentation? Yeah. Even just, um, do they turn their back to and write a lot on the whiteboard and kind of ignore you and then turn around? Ta da. Yeah. Um, or yeah. are they maybe talking and then writing or writing one thing and then explaining it? Um, we, this is part of the process, as rex said, chemistry test. This is where you're going to have a whole team involved, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, not your whole team, but uh, the, the interview team. Ideally, yes. you're having three or four people who are sitting there. How do they engage with multiple people? Do they focus on just one person? Um, especially if it's that one person that they think is the decision maker, mm-hmm. that tells you how they're going to sell when it comes to a salesperson and that is not a good way to sell yeah. um, you yeah. know we've had people do this where Charles and I were interviewing the person and they just talked to Charles and not me mm-hmm. and it's like actually I would be your manager yeah just because yeah. he's the owner and he's like an older man, whatever it might be that, that was causing them to ignore me, uh, guess what? Those people did not make it to a next <laughs> step. And so you want to think about you know, how are they dealing with the, the dynamics of the room? Um, you want to make sure that those people are asking questions yes. and drilling down on things. Yes. Is the person capable of asking the question or do they dance around it and not ever answer that question? And you see how they communicate, how they fit in. Um, and it is a little bit, your culture is going to come out in the way that the, that interview team interacts with each other and with the candidate. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting a sense of how would they fit in in a meeting, right? Where let's say they were presenting their idea of something that they wanted to do, uh, a recommendation for an update to your product, or you know, a recommendation for changing the sales process. If they can't handle the team asking about them, they're not going to be able to really step up mm-hmm. and take, take leadership in those conversations internally. So you see kind of how they fit in. And um, it gives a lot of insight. We've been doing a lot of hiring lately, so I've got a lot of thoughts on this clearly. Yep. Yep. Um, but it gives you a ton of insight. It's just how do they fit into that team vibe um, and interacting with people. And you can see a lot come out in just this simple exercise. It's maybe 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and it tells you just about all you need to know so when true. it comes to to hiring.
1: It's so true. And that last section, anything else to share? (laughs) is a huge conversation starter too, because you start to learn a little bit more about the person's interests and kind of other people are either able to relate or not
0: relate to that. Yeah. Instead of anything else, um, we have had some clients put your passion Mm -hmm. or your passions. um, And it's interesting to see what people put there. Again, sometimes people put things like, I'm family focused, or um, we had somebody put, I make balloon animals. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was fun.
0: That was, <laughs> and so it just—you just never know exactly what you're going to see. Uh, that somebody actually we brought on board for a junior possession, and so um, it, Yay, it tells you—it <laughs> tells you a lot about the person. It tells you um, a lot about um, just kind of what did they choose to put up there? Because everything here, again, is completely up to them. Yes, um, I would encourage you to challenge them a little bit. So uh, the standard easy answers—if they put as their core value integrity, <laughs> that's good. Yeah.
1: And if it's the only thing they that's put.
0: super basic, tell them to add something else. What's your other core value or yeah. some other core values yeah. of yours? Um, like I said, if they put paperwork for what you don't like to do, we'll do anyway. Or if they put CRM, you might want to just push a little to see something a little more creative. Mm-hmm. And again, this isn't intended to be attack them, but those are the generic answers. Um, you know, personal, professional win, ask them to tell you the story. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we've seen people put both a personal and professional win. Usually it's something that's not on their resume or if it's on Mm -hmm. their resume, it's kind of glossed over a bit. And this gives you a chance to see how do they tell stories. And again, when it comes to salespeople, storytelling is a good skill to have. Yes, it is. And I think in May, we're going to be talking all about storytelling.
1: Yep. Storytelling's coming up.
0: An important topic.
1: (laughs) Definitely. All right. I think I've done more of the talking than you have here. (laughs) No, no, not at all. I think that this is definitely an important part of the process. So check that out, guys. It's kind of towards the end because it's in the interview process, but it's part of that whole process. But we highly recommend... This chemistry test.
0: Definitely. And um, I, I don't think we plan on talking about this, but I want to talk about it for a bit. Can you talk a little bit about um, the pace that you bring new people into that hiring process and how many people should be involved in the hiring process from your end um, as you start? Because we've talked about there's kind of phone screening and initial screening mm-hmm. and different rounds of interviews. How do you kind of handle bringing people in and what's a good timetable to think about for that?
1: That's a really good question. And you know, I probably should have addressed that in the ebook. I don't think that I did. Which you touch is on it I think. T- a little bit, but not too specifically. So, I'm, g- I'm glad you guys are listening to the show today. <laughs> it depends on the size of your team, obviously, and if you have inside hiring capabilities, or you have a recruiter that's feeding you leads. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a recruiter that's feeding you salespeople, that's the <laughs> ideal scenario, yep. so that you don't have to spend a lot of time searching for the right people. If you don't have that. That opportunity to do that. I would recommend using a junior resource to do that kind of scoping for you. So you would obviously be putting together the job posting, that job description, mm-hmm. as well as the job description candidate version for when people come in. Just get all of your paperwork ready, the whole process all ready. All scorecards. All your scorecards, everything ready. Put it in box or drop box, whatever you use. And that way everyone is in on the process. Of course, put your process in your sales playbook so everyone knows all the steps in your process. And then once you get started, so you ideally as the sales manager would be getting screened people. So people that fit the requirements that you have chosen for this job, Yeah. this number of years selling, this degree, XXXX, whatever your criteria is. So you're going to be getting those, those candidates. Now, the next step is to choose whether you're going to do a video screen first, or you're going to have them come in. It all depends on your area, the type of job type of company you are. So that's up to you. And then the pace at which this goes is if after that first interview, you know, things go well, Mm -hmm. I recommend bringing your team in at that point to make sure that it is culturally a fit with everybody. Yeah. Now, as far as who to include, um, you know, anyone that's going to be a stakeholder,
0: if there are other managers Obviously, other managers. Yeah, your marketing manager might be a good one. Yep, your somebody director on the marketing side, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes even getting senior salespeople—that would be this person's yes. peers. Yes, um, it can be incredibly helpful to see their perspective and also see what questions they ask. Exactly. That was the other thing I was going to say: is if the
1: candidate has questions about the role, and someone's already doing the role, that's the best person to answer those
0: questions. Definitely, and something to include in your scoring and evaluating of candidates is. What is the quality of the questions they ask? Mm -hmm. If you sit there and you ask them like 10, 15 good questions and drive a good interview and then say, and what questions do you have of us? And they say nothing. (laughs) That's a little bit of a red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, If all of their questions are just compensation related, again, bit of a red flag. You want people to be interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them. Definitely. It's a really big commitment to take a job. Definitely. And you want to make sure that they're taking it seriously. If they're not, you have to wonder, are they desperate? Or um, are they just not a very curious person? Or um, you know, are they looking at this as a stepping stone and they don't really care? You can really evaluate some of that by the questions that they ask. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to discover
1: what the research that people do or the lack of research. Yes. <laughs> and that sometimes people just don't understand anything or or misspeak. This yes. that actually happened recently, unfortunately, that where there was a like names were not correct and they were trying to reference things, but it just was all the wrong information. Yeah,
0: <laughs> It's dangerous. I mean we don't always you don't want to expect that somebody is going to learn everything about your business and how you sell and what you sell on your website before they come in for an interview. Uh-huh. Um, but there is a reasonable amount of research that you should expect a person to do, especially a salesperson. And again, apply this to selling situations. If they're going into a prospects office or if they're making a phone call to a prospect, You want them to do at least a minimal level of research before they do that. So if they don't know the names of the key executives who might be involved in that hiring process, and those names are on your website with Mm -hmm, pictures, mm -hmm. a little bit of a red flag. If they don't know what it is that you sell, more than what was in the job description, like just a little bit enough, that's another red flag. Um, Some really good signs are, do they come in and say, yeah, um, you know, once I've, once I scheduled this interview, I read through these things on your website. And then I was doing some additional research and I saw this in the news or I saw, you know, you got mentioned, or this looks like this is one of your clients that got mentioned in the news, whatever it might be, if they're taking that extra step on the research side, that can be hugely helpful. Yeah, definitely. It shows a lot. It shows that they're taking initiative. So yeah, definitely look for that. And again, we're, we're thinking hiring salespeople. What we find is a lot of people have stress about specifically hiring salespeople. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one client years and years ago and they actually had somebody who was a branch manager and she was really struggling to hire salespeople and come to find out through interviews and, and meeting with her, she found salespeople kind of intimidating. Mm. And she just had no sales background and had never really done selling, and thought like sales is just this weird art that some <laughs> people just have this <laughs> magic ability. How on earth can I evaluate that? Mm-hmm. And so you might find that um, that you our listener. Um, you know, not all sales managers come from a sales background. Maybe you're an office manager or a branch manager, and you're still expected to hire in the salespeople for for that team, but you don't always have that. That's sales mind. Mm-hmm. So, definitely. Hopefully, these tips are helpful, and this ebook is helpful um, for anybody hiring salespeople. Yes. So, let's say you have decided to hire. Uh, You got that candidate. They magically made it through all these steps in the process and um, you need to have them come on board. Um, As we said, I wrote an ebook. This is a long time ago. I need to reread that ebook on onboarding um, new sales reps. But can you talk a little bit about the importance of having a ramp plan and onboarding new candidates properly?
1: Yes. Okay. So the ramp plan was actually something I was introduced to working here. I received a ramp plan and I was like, this is the most impressive thing I've ever seen. I know (laughs) exactly what I'm going to be doing every day for my first few days and then what I need to focus on for the coming week and weeks. Mm -hmm. So the example that we give you is a couple of days specifics and then like a week, a little more generic.
0: Yeah, But we want them like minute by minute Yeah, especially those first two to three days that there's a person with them or there's an assignment that they're working on, that they're not sitting there twiddling their thumbs trying to figure out what they're going to do. Exactly. So the way that
1: we list it out is we put the date, the day that, you know, whatever day, their first day, what activities are with who. So what's with team, what is with someone else, what's alone, et cetera. And then we put a number behind it. So we know that, okay, the welcome is going to take 15 minutes. Lunch is going to take an hour. You know, paperwork is 30 minutes employee handbook, 15 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. And then that way, this new hire can come in feeling like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing for these next two weeks and I don't have to stress out about what's next, what's next. Because it's a really weird thing when you first start and you want to get started, but you don't know where to start. So this just allows you as the manager to be
0: in control of how this goes and what happens. Absolutely. And we see this so often, especially when it comes to salespeople. The stories I've heard of people who started a new job, it was like, here's your laptop, here's your phone. Have fun, yeah, yeah. And it's just like they're sitting there. Should I just be randomly calling people in the phone book? Mm-hmm. I mean, if there even is a phone book, yeah. right? It just <laughs> it, it doesn't. What make is sense. a phone book? <laughs> and then, um, not knowing, okay, where should I go for different kinds of paperwork? Mm-hmm. It seems, you know, kind of not maybe the most important, but it is. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's time with the team. And so, if you schedule, you know, you're going to have a team lunch the first day, and all of these meetings by the way um, Rebecca put them in the format that makes the most sense where they you identify who's what's with who block out this time on the person's calendar and then have that person who they're working with come to them and say okay hi you know the example in here is Jane who's going to help fill out various paperwork and get them up to speed on some things um, Jane ideally, would come to their desk, Mm -hmm. you know, and say, hi, I'm Jane, I'm with you for the next hour and a half, and we're going to do these things. Mm -hmm. And then either bring them to the next person or the next person comes. And so you want this person to feel I'm not wandering the building knocking on doors. Does anybody know who Jane is and what she looks like and where she is? That's just a a really disempowering, um, intimidating Way to start. Why not yeah. just support yeah. them? Yeah, just make it easy. Definitely. Make it an easy process. So, and when I wrote the ebook on this, one of the other things is um, think about all the soft stuff, all the nice stuff that just make your office, make your day more comfortable. Um, one good exercise can be sit at the new candidate's desk for a day and think, what do you need? Maybe you need tissues or a stapler or. Um, you know, a printer that's closer by or something like that. And just get that sense. Do they have everything here that they might need?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. A nice
0: shiny headset to make phone calls, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it might be, just making sure that you, you've thought through all of that. You know, there's the onboarding, there's the ramp plan to help them learn and come up to speed. Um, and then there is, um, all of the, all the other stuff. Yep. And by the way, in their ramp plan, and you've got it in here, make sure to have time for them to do things alone mm-hmm. and Give them a list of what they need to do when they're alone and have a person who's going to check in with them and make sure they know how to access all of that stuff. Yep.
1: Yeah. Like getting your password set up for all the different websites, you know, for your playbook, if you're using a CRM or HubSpot or something like that. All that stuff is important and you've got to get it set up and get it going. So. Yeah, And we also like to have people do training in the beginning. So we have, you know, salespeople should be going through inbound sales training or HubSpot, you know, inbound sales. If you've got that or Salesforce training or whatever platforms you're using, just giving your new hire that time to get to know that program, learn it, all that kind of stuff will help them to
0: feel confident and comfortable going into their job definitely and what you want to do is give people uh, an onboarding experience that's robust enough that you know you've given them every chance to succeed mm-hmm. and then if somebody doesn't succeed you know you did your part yep right you gave them the training that they needed you gave them access to systems and tools and people and you know what's going to happen is most of the time hopefully people will buck up under that and do well and and come yep. on board quickly and the ones that don't that's a sign yep. And that tells you that, you know, sometimes people make it through the hiring process and then you find out they're not a fit. Um, And it's better to know we've done everything we could. We did all the the right steps to onboard them and they didn't work out. It gives you a confidence in letting them go where a a lot of times when I ask people, why didn't you fire that salesperson that you knew you kind of needed to fire? Mm -hmm. It's, I felt I hadn't done everything. I didn't give them the right training. It's kind of my fault. It's not right to hire them because I didn't onboard them right. Well, it is, first of all. Like it just, sometimes it is what it is. But if you did all the, th- all the things right on your side, it gives you that sense of confidence that you can make whatever decision is appropriate. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm the person coming in here like fire everybody.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth's just really tough. She just fires everyone. Okay. I do, I do. All right, so one last question. Um, I'm sure it will not be a surprise to anybody who's listening. To that. We like to ask this question a lot. What is one thing that our listeners should include in their sales playbooks to improve their hiring processes? Okay. So first of all, take this entire process and put it in your playbook
1: yes. so that everyone can see how the hiring process is, how it flows, what it, what the steps are. The other thing that, you know, I didn't mention this in the ebook and I'll mention it here is if you do not have a sales playbook right now, or you have one and It doesn't have the right type of information to train your new salespeople. We do have a sales playbook that I believe may have been mentioned earlier in this uh, (laughs) podcast called Calavia. And what Calavia is, is a digital sales playbook that's already set up. It's its own platform that you would purchase and your new salesperson would have a seat in that playbook. And so when they come on board, they could actually get into the playbook. You can add this to your ramp plan, And they can go through training of what your company does, how your company prospects. There's training videos. There's all of your content will be built out in there for them to see so they can see what is my new company's value proposition? How do I introduce myself? All of the things related to how they're going to do their job are inside of that. So I just wanted to mention that real quick.
0: Definitely. Um, we, we talk about the Calavia sales playbook as it's a sales training academy for the existing team and for new hires. Yeah, especially and new
1: hires. When yeah.
0: we, um, we look at salespeople and we survey them and we ask them what tools and what resources have you found most helpful for onboarding, the playbook is usually at the top of the list. Yeah. If you imagine you're a new hire and you started a company and they say, here's our playbook. Mm-hmm. Here are the questions you should ask in meetings. Here's the agenda you should use. Here are the marketing resources and how they fit into the sales process. Um, Here are the best success stories to tell that resonate with people. Here's the value proposition for each aspect of our offering. That salesperson is completely set up for success. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) And the playbook should have other things in there too. We actually have every single employee that comes in, go through the playbook in its entirety. And they add a little comment on the bottom to let us know that they've read that page or whatever yeah we've got our employee handbook even yeah because our employee handbook is in there and that way anybody can get up to speed on the things that they need to do so that's actually part of the checklist on the ramp plan is (laughs) to have the salesperson go through the playbook but i just wanted to mention that that is available if it's something that you don't have already but if you do have a playbook Take the process, put it in there. Yeah, and
0: customize it and put it in there. Of course. Don't just take of our course. ebook and copy it. Well, it, it would be I mean it's helpful if you do that. Sure. Even better if you take it and it, make it your own.
1: It would definitely
0: be kind of funny to have
1: these generic templates in there that say <laughs> company, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Insert your company name, please. <laughs>
1: where appropriate.
0: You <laughs> just have to be clear with people because you never know definitely. <laughs> all right, I would love to continue this conversation about hiring the perfect salesperson, and there is so much more included in your ebook, but the clock is telling us that it is time to wind down. For our listeners, if you'd like to learn more, please download a copy. You can find this ebook again in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com/pod141. And that's where we're going to put all those other great resources that we've been talking about. Thank you so much for listening to Let's Talk Sales. Stay tuned for Friday's inspiration, where Charles will be sharing an inspirational quote from Jack Welch. And tune in next week when Rebecca will be talking to Anthony Narino, I think it's pronounced, um, who writes the sales blog. And he has published books, including The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need, The Lost Art of Closing, and Eat Their Lunch. So he was, I think, an excellent interview that Rebecca did. All month, we are writing about hiring on the CFS blog. You can check it out at criteriaforsuccess.com blog. And I have some sad news for our listeners After four great years at CFS, Rebecca is moving on to a new opportunity. You are going to continue to hear a few interviews that she has already pre-recorded, and we will definitely be bringing her back in the future, either as sometimes a guest host, or I think sometimes as a guest. Um, But moving forward, she is no longer going to be the primary host of um, Let's Talk Sales. (laughs) We want to thank Rebecca for all she has done to build the Let's Talk Sales podcast, all the way from episode zero. That was Rebecca and me talking. She has been your primary host. You guys have heard her voice in your ears for a long time. So in the coming weeks, we will be finalizing the new host or hosts. Whoever takes it on, they have some big shoes to fill. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me on this episode. And it's been a really awesome thing to watch this podcast grow. It's been amazing. So. If y'all need me,
0: I'm here. <laughs> Definitely. Um, still a good friend of CFS. So um, for our listeners, if you are enjoying the show, please recommend us to a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a rating or a review. This will help more people find the show, and it lets us know what's working and where we have room to improve. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at let's underscore talk underscore sales. And for the last time, these exact words, Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success, and it's produced by Rebecca Toomey, Arianna Miskel, and me, Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling!